Welcome to the How to Get a Job podcast. I am your host, Daniel Botero. And in this podcast, we help international STEM students land a job that sponsors their H-1B without applying to hundreds of companies. So if you enjoyed this episode, give us a follow, give us a review, and share with a friend. Without further ado, enjoy the episode. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, I have Ashley Ortiz. And if you're relatively new to the podcast, you might not know her, but Ashley is one of the original mentees. Uh, She's somebody that I've been mentoring for now, like over four years. And uh, I had met her when she came from Puerto Rico to the University of Central Florida. And since then, she's held jobs with SeaWorld, Marriott, Disney, I'm sure I'm missing some other ones along the way. And today we're just going to have a conversation about the recruitment cycle. And really, um, from the point of view of somebody who's done so many different roles with, in recruiting with so many different uh, companies, what are some of the similarities, differences, and kind of what can job seekers expect? But without further ado, Ashley, what's up? What's going on? What's new? Not much, not much. I'm currently a talent acquisition coordinator with Disney. Um, first thing I learned was Disney is bigger than I thought. I've always known that the Walt Disney Company is big, but it is a huge, huge conglomerate and there's so many opportunities in many different places. So it's been a fun, fun time. I've been doing this since February. So it's, it's been, it's been a great time, honestly. And then, like you said, I, I feel like I've done uh, recruiting in, in very different companies and in similar industries. Uh, but each one of them have, you know, do their process very differently, which has been, been very interesting to see. Yeah. And, and kind of what I would like to just kind of talk through about is what, you know, what a general kind of recruitment process looks like, what a very standard, and then also what are some ways that job seekers, candidates can do to make it easier for them? Like, like I think one thing we forget is like, we're applying for jobs. We need the job and we apply, we apply, we apply. and we get upset when we get ghosted. We get upset when we don't get emails, but we never take the time to think about what's going on in the other side of the table. And, 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 and that's kind of what I would like to really kind of dive into today. So like walk me through like what a general recruitment cycle looks like. So what happens? How do, how, how do we like a yeah. job opens up and then what happens next? So, and, and I, I love framing that question that way. Um, so what happens, let's say you are, looking for a software engineer role, right? And you're looking at a careers page and you see the job open and you apply. So now your application goes into this applicant tracking system, which the thing is there's many different out there's, but essentially it's just a place where that is stored, right? And then you have either um, recruiters or just people that help recruiters, so like sourcers, look through the applicant tracking system um, and just match, match your application to the role and see, okay, this is the job description. This person ticks these boxes. Let's move them forward or let's not. So in, in the case of some of the companies that I've, that I've worked at, um, a recruiter pulls that resume, looks at it and says, okay, they tick X amount of boxes. Let me present it to the hiring manager. And the hiring manager says, you know what? Okay, let's set up a meeting. Um, if the company's small enough or, or they have you know, the bandwidth or, or the time, then that recruiter as well will set up that meeting. Or 
for example, that's where my job comes in. The recruiter's like, okay, perfect. Hey, Ashley, hey, talent acquisition coordinator, can you go ahead and, you know, talk to the candidate, look at the hiring manager's calendar and set something up? Perfect. Then the candidate, you know, you go through that process of interviewing. Um, your first call might be with the recruiter or it might be that meet and greet with the manager. Um, and then companies lately have been, you know, thinking, okay, just to see if the person's a fit, let's have them go through uh, additional interviews. So let's have them talk to people on the team. So once again, you're talking maybe to that talent acquisition coordinator or recruiter setting those interviews up. But then, you know, at the end of the day is that hiring manager's decision of, hey, let's extend the offer. That's where the recruiter comes back in. So you are dealing with, you may be dealing with up to like three, four pe different people in that process. So when you apply, that's just step one, right? And companies that are huge, the most important thing, I believe it's, it's follow-up. Like it, it does break my heart, but some companies, you know, ghosting is so, so common. And it's also because you have a recruiter that may be handling 14 different jobs. And if it's a well-known company, can you imagine 14 different job openings, 200 applications in each? It is impossible to review every single resume. So it's also great if a person goes the extra mile to, to differentiate themselves from the typical you know, applicant. And if you go that extra mile and, and you have that one-on-one -on -one with the recruiter, they may be able to push you through the process even quicker. Yeah, I have a couple of follow-up questions for that because I, I think one of the most biggest, oh, the biggest frustration that I see the, you know, the job seekers that I work with and is ghosting, right? And I will also kind of say is like, I've never met an internal recruiter that's a jerk. Like, I think most people go into recruiting because they want to help people. And so yeah. why is ghosting so common? And can we talk a little bit more about how we can avoid ghosting or what can a job seeker do to avoid getting ghosted? It doesn't mean that like, it doesn't change their, their yeah, just to avoid getting ghosted. Before yeah, um, like I said, it breaks my heart that it happens. It's happened to me so many times. Um, and I feel like because of so, the so many times that it's happened to me, I'm sort of immune to it, which is terrible. But it's like, I almost expect it. I almost expect to be ghosted. So when somebody responds, I'm excited. But a way for you to avoid being ghosted is, you know, find that person on LinkedIn. The, the reality is, is that nowadays we say that it's a candidate's market. But I was just telling a friend yesterday, hey, it's, yes, it's a candidate's market. And yes, there are 200 people applying to maybe software engineer roles, right? Um, or marketing roles, et cetera. Like there are 200 people applying, but those 200, all of them might not be qualified. So what we're saying is more so qualified people are applying and getting lost somehow. And the reason is, once again, it's, it's eight hours in a day, right? In a work day. Um, if we want a recruiter to look at every single resume they receive, we're also enabling burden. So as a candidate, a great way would be to just do your deep dive on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the number one social network that you should be in as a job seeker. Like that recruiter is hungry for people that are qualified. Then 
they're probably posting about their open jobs, right? They're probably posting that they're looking for people. So go ahead and, you know, look at the, the job you apply to and find it on LinkedIn. Nowadays, you can even see who the person it is that, that posted that job. Go ahead and reach out. The last time that I was on the job search, that's the way that I got the most interviews. Like last time I was looking for a job would be the first time that out of like 10 applications, like nine, nine out of 10, I got interviews first and second rounds for. And it was because I was very persistent with finding out who the recruiter was or not even the recruiter. Like if I found someone on the HR team, I was reaching out to them like, hey, I applied to this job. Um, if you know of anyone, like if you know the person who's looking, who's recruiting for it, can you connect me to them? Right. Um, it's just that that face, not even face to face, but that communication that you have with someone on that recruiting team, that's what's going to make you like push towards that first interview for sure. You know, how do you so if I understood correctly, right, like it really comes down to just to me humanizing the recruitment process, like understanding yeah. that if you can stop being applicant 247th and instead Correct. become like Ashley Ortiz, right? And so because you were able to humanize the process, whether it's through email follow-ups, through LinkedIn following up, through getting a referral from someone that works in the department or the hiring manager, so that there's actually more like of a relationship build and, and remembering that, I, I mean, I, I think it's safe to say that 99% per, of times that you get ghosted is not personal. Like, I mean, sure, like maybe there's yeah. like, maybe there is some jerk recruiters out there, but for the vast majority, I mean, I've never met many of them. Like, I mean, not, not internal recruiters, maybe some external recruiters would get a little sketchy, but internal recruiters, <laughs> um, I've just never met anybody who has had a, who's been just negative about the process. They've generally just want to help and it's their job to find the most qualified candidates that meet the cultural fit that are, that match what the higher is looking for overall um and so like i just think that as a, as a candidate you need to humanize the process you need to go above and beyond you need to be not afraid to follow up like and, and making sure that you don't take it personal if if you do get rejected or if you do get ghosted that is not something directly towards you that it doesn't mean that you weren't valuable it's just for, for it's just hard to track all those applications right like like ashley said a recruiter yeah, can have 10 plus roles each mm -hmm. role have 200 plus applications so think about you managing 2,000 applications at the same time 2,000 like just trying to read 2,000 resumes you know that's that's insane um another thing is um being it's terrifying it's terrifying trying to reach out to people and, and have that conversation and not, because the first thing I thought, the first time I talked to you, when you told me this, like, okay, reach out to people. I was like, but I'm going to sound annoying. Like, I'm going to be annoying. This is very strange to me. Um, in the first time that I did it, the first time I sent a, a cold email, basically, I was terrified. I like pressed send and just threw my computer basically. Um, but after a couple of times, it, it comes like second nature. Like now you ask me, hey, can you give me a template on how I should reach out to someone? I'm like, great, don't worry, I got you. Um, and to be honest, the candidates that I've talked to at my work 
I see a lot of success in the candidates that that reach out, that follow up. Like even let's say you got that first, you know, interview with the recruiter. Even if you think it didn't go well, just reach out and say like, hey, you know, I'm very interested in working at this company. If this role is not it, that's okay. I understand. But if you know of anything else that I might be a good fit for, like, you know, basically, you know, that asking for help, I've seen recruiters that I support say no problem. And I've seen them literally pass them along for other roles and, and have that person go through the process there. And I think that's amazing. Like you said, you know, recruiters aren't jerks. We essentially don't mean to ghost people at all. It just, it, it happens because we're also human. That's the thing. We're also human and there is only 24 hours in a day, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, do the math. Like imagine if you're dealing with 2000 applications divided by 40 hours, that's like 50 applications an hour. And now that's just a saying that's only, that you have to review 50 applications an hour. So it's less than a minute in application, right? A little bit more than a minute, but then you're saying that that recruiter doesn't go to the bathroom, that recruiter doesn't take a break, that recruiter I mean, doesn't do interviews. That when do you, when do you emails. extend? Yeah. When yeah. do you extend offers? When you like, extend for offers? those that went through the process, yeah. when do you extend an offer? Yeah, yeah. It's like, so obviously there's so much more that goes yeah. on. So it's like, it's understanding that the recruiters are just so busy and they get so many applications that they have to manage that it is hard and, and, and just fall, th things fall to the crack. And that's why there's applicant tracking systems, you know, the ATS to help them manage with all that. But still, it still becomes really difficult. So I think my rule of thumb is like, you just, you need to follow up at a minimum three times before you give up, before you take it personal. Yeah. Like, it's like a lot of times that you're doing the recruiter a favor for nudging them to, to kind of update you and where, where they are in the process. And, and, and understand too, like not only just a recruiter, but like, the recruiter is generally serving a hiring manager. They, they're, right. they're internal customers, the hiring manager. And the hiring manager can have multiple priorities and hiring might not be their top priority. And so they might have you in their checklist and the checklist must be very, very long and you're towards the bottom. And so you keep getting pulled off and the recruiter might not have an answer for you because they're waiting for someone else's uh, answer, right? So like, it's not even, right. the recruiter is not waiting for someone and so they don't know what to tell you, but every time you email them to remind them, they might now be reminded to email the hiring manager to nudge the hiring manager. Right, so it's right. Like, like domino effect of nudging and reminding yeah. them. <laughs> um, and sometimes like, it's like the squeaky wheel does get the oil, right? And so, uh, um, and so that's like, to me, if there's one big takeaway from, from this podcast, it's understanding that ghosting it's normal because of the vast majority of applications that companies get because it's so easy to apply online. Like if, right. if, if, if we just understand that the problem is the internet has made it very easy for you to apply online. And mm -hmm. when I, when we talk about job seekers, think about this. I, I've seen job seekers applied, especially international STEM students apply to 200 plus jobs. Ultimately you can only get That's one job, great. right? Yeah. So that means you've applied to 200 jobs and so did everybody else. Mm -hmm. So it's the weaving is like, okay, that means that you would need to get one, you'll get rejected 1,999 times or 199 times to get one yeah. yes, which means that a recruiter had to go through 200 applicants to get one yes, right? Mm -hmm. So it's this 
that's the problem is the visibility problem. And that's where networking becomes important. That's where following yeah. up becomes important because really it comes down to making sure that you get the visibility. So you get a fair shot at, at it. Right. And, and it's really important. Anything that we haven't kind of covered that you want to add? I think, you know, another tip is, you know, when you're going to the job search process, like I, I understand there's so many people out there, you might be juggling, let's say you have a part-time job or you're studying full-time and your availability is a little bit constricted. The reality is, you know, hiring managers are so busy that when they say, okay, this week I'm going to dedicate to recruiting and I'm going to dedicate to interviewing. If you receive that call of like, hey, we would love to interview you. What's your availability tomorrow? Just understand that, you know, they're trying their best. And like you said, there's other priorities. So if they made time to interview you, to interview you tomorrow, it does reflect a lot on you if you say, unfortunately, I can't. And it's heartbreaking. But I say this because I recently saw it, how, you know, you may have things going on on your end, but I did see it in, in some you know, a, a manager saying kind of like, well, they must not want this job that much yeah. if they're not willing to, you know, to make 30 minutes for this interview, right? Um, and and I, I completely understand stuff happens, but a, another person in the process might not understand it, right? Um, so definitely that. And, and the other thing is I, I had a coworker ask me, oh, how many thank you notes have you ever gotten from candidates? Um, Sometimes, you know, companies may have a policy that I can't divulge hiring managers' emails, but I'm more than happy to forward your thank you note, um, again, if you send it. <laughs> uh, so when she asked me that, I was like, I think in the two months that I've been here, I've gotten three. And it always turns out that those three have gotten the offer. Other things might have played in, in that factor, but it's a nice coincidence that the three people that I've passed along thank you notes for got the job in the yeah. long run and it's like it, it, it's like if you are doing a thank you note which is a that means that you're doing other things right like you know like if you're taking if there's a if you're following up with a thank you note yeah that means that's not the only right thing you're doing right that means that you really have prepared and understand oh, yeah so like i think there is a correlation but the correlation has to do that that's not the only thing they did right that's just the cherry on top Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes like it's it's kind of like what what it's missing nowadays, too. It's the the fact that, you know, in this process, um, so many people are involved. So taking the time to say, hey, thank you. I would love to be a part of this team and resolve, you know, whatever problem you're trying to troubleshoot. Like I'm the person. It's just, you know, if if the interviewers didn't have the chance to see it during the interview, now they do like, oh. You know, like this confidence, let's, you know, yeah, you know, like the, we like the vibe and the person's, you know, a fit plus their confidence. Okay. This just steals it. Yeah. Um, so it's great. And not, not a lot of people do it. Right. And another thing is I, I had a recruiter. It's so funny that had this conversation recently and, and he mentioned how lately, you know, when you're doing that resume, just think about the person who might read that resume in the end. Um, because he was just mentioning how like lately some some of the resumes he's received it's like I don't even think people think I'm gonna like a human is gonna read this and they've become like a little bit harder to read so I was that was 
a little bit eye-opening for me. I was like, oh, you know, I, I hadn't thought about that. And, you know, you always think that a person's going to read them, but it's just the way he phrased it. I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah. Like I should always have a second pair of eyes look over my resume and not think that my eyes are the only ones that matter. No. Yeah. I love it. Actually, I think this is just really important just to kind of recap um, yeah. kind of what we've covered in this podcast is um, one, it's really important that you think about what the recruiters go through and understand that their workload is extremely heavy and they're dealing with hundreds, if not thousands of applicants at a time. And so ghosting is a side effect of their full plate. And it's not something that's generally personal towards you. If not, yeah. in fact, most recruiters want to try to screen you in, not screen you out, right? The sooner they can fill the role, the sooner they can move on to another role. And so it's in their best interest to try to get the right candidate as fast as possible. Understand that a lot of times they're waiting for other people to make the decision, the hiring manager or other interviewers. And it's not them that's taking a long time. It's other people that are holding it back. They're just the face of the company towards you. And so they're representing the company. Uh, and so the key is you want to avoid getting ghosted is humanize the process, you know, connect and network with the recruiter, uh, stay connected, you making sure that you're following up uh, and, and, and make sure that you're nudging them um, like essentially in a polite way of yeah. doing that, right? It's, it's about humanizing and treat people how you would want to be treated. I think like a rule of thumb that it's like, write an email that you want to write to a recruiter and then think if you were the hiring manager, the recruiter, and you were re to receive this email. Exactly. How would you like, does this sound okay? <laughs> yeah. How would you take it? Would you think like, this is like somebody that's coming from a really needy point of view or for someone who generally is very interested in this position and just wants an update, right? Like, yeah, that, that just the simple, the simplicity and, and, and ultimately understand like it's because the vast majority of applications, it's just, a, it's, it just becomes difficult. And, and so, mm -hmm. um, but anything I missed that you want to kind of say before, as we wrap up this podcast? No, I think, you know, the process is, is hard enough. We don't need to make it harder on ourselves by, you know, nitpicking every time we, we get ghosted. And like you said, it's not personal and it's sort of like it happens and the way to avoid it happening to you another time it's just putting a face to to the name and, and making sure that you put a face to your application again, you know, against that recruiter or, or even hiring manager and, you know, cultivating those relationships out of a genuine place. That's what's going to get you far. Yeah, love it. Love it. This has been an amazing podcast. Actually, you know, I'm a big fan of you. I appreciate you. I'm so proud of you. Um, and thank you so much for coming to the show again. Oh, of course. Of course. Um, if somebody uh, listening to this want to get to connect with you, is LinkedIn the best way or is there another better way? No, LinkedIn is the best way for sure. Awesome. So uh, I'll put a link to Ashley's uh, LinkedIn profile. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening and catch you guys on the next episode. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If you're still listening, it's because you've reached the end of the episode and that speaks volumes of you. In an age of distraction, the fact that you're still listening to this means that you're serious about your career. And to do that, I want to return the favor and reward you for this behavior. So to do that, I want to give you access to a free 30-minute webinar that's going to completely change the way you job search. This webinar was built just for international STEM students and we're going to talk about the three biggest mistakes international STEM students make when looking for a job and how to fix them. So if you want to get access to this webinar, go to masteringcollegetocareer.com forward slash webinar podcast.